All right, welcome to another episode of Look What I Did. Mm-hmm. Glad you stuck around. With Aaron. And, and Dan- me, and Daniel. Daniel. Quinn. Should we use last names no, no, on here? Now people will stalk me. <laughs> well, you can hope. <laughs> right? Maybe your wife will get on there. So yeah. this time we sit down with Doug Cotton. Doug Cotton. Who's mm-hmm. a cartoonist. Yes. Was published. a cartoonist. It, uh-huh. Published cartoonist. Yeah. Current and, artist. Uh, and obviously we'll hear more about that. So we'll stop talking about it and just dive into the... The meat and, and potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> Ooh, weird. We yeah. finished each other's sandwiches. No, I didn't. All right. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> There will not be that much. All my facts are made up. Like Reporting the <laughs> or journalistic integrity <laughs> or pronunciation. What's the opposite of integrity? Uh, you and me. Oh, <laughs> look what I did. Yeah. So uh, tell us who you are and what you do here that we're looking at. All right. I'm uh, Doug Cotton. I um, had a comic strip in uh, two different newspapers, the... Uh, Northwest Arkansas Times and the Southwest Times Record in Fort Smith. Uh, started around 1990. Uh, it's a cast of characters that uh, reside in a, an old-time junkyard. Um, and a uh, young man and his 10-year-old daughter inherit this. And the interactions between the characters in the junkyard and these two uh, make up the the bulk of the jokes. So yeah. is this that we're looking at, is this that fast forwarded yes. in time? Yes. This is the fellow right there is broadcast bill. He was a, a 1930 uh, cathedral radio. The uh, below that is the young man, uh, mainly known as dad. Uh, the name of the strip is Best Junk. His name is Best, but everybody is just known by uh, Dad. The character there is Felice. She is a uh, one-armed old-time mannequin. Uh, let's see. To her uh, left is his father, a uh, real cool character. Next to him is a pressure cooker by the name of uh, PC. And <laughs> further on down, uh, is you see next to Dad, you see his daughter, and uh, her name is um, Lisa. And there are various and sundry other characters, too. There's a 1920s uh, visible gas pump named Gus, who is uh, kind of looks at the, ro- the, at the world through rose-colored glasses, real gentle character. Um PC tends to be a little bit more um, acerbic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, but they all have their own personalities. Yeah. So what, what got you to, I'm assuming there were a couple iterations before. This is a currently running strip? or No, no, no. I, I retired it uh, some years back. Okay. Uh, I was working full time and the, the uh, pressure of keeping a, 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 a daily strip going at the same time I was working 70 hours a week, you know, it was just too much, so I retired the strip. But I'm thinking about doing something else with it, but I haven't decided quite yet what. So I, all I know about cartooning is Charles Schultz's biography. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, so, <laughs> But I'm assuming that there was some trial and error in getting oh, to yes. this strip. That ran. How long did this strip run for? 
Oh, they they didn't run concurrently. The uh, I guess a total of probably six years, maybe between the two okay. strip, between the two uh, newspapers. So, did elements of this strip appear in previous work, or did this come whole cloth? Kind of as like, kind of how whole, did we get whole to cloth. this? We uh, developed I developed the strip and then went to uh, the Southwest Times Record. While mm-hmm. I was living in Fort Smith at the time, and spoke with the editor there, and uh, we ended up publishing it there. Um, of course, the, like all strips, when you look at them, they start out uh, a little rough, and then as the time goes by, the characters mature, the drawing matures, and that's evident in, in my work as well. Yeah. No, this looks uh, amazing. So what got you into cartooning initially? When oh, did you I've start? been a cartoonist since I was a kid, <laughs> literally. I, <laughs> right. I, I drew a, a comic strip when I was... Um, about 10 years old and, and took it to, uh, it was, uh, my dad was in the military and we had, there was a, a newspaper on base and I took it to them and tried to get them to publish it. And they, I was very gently turned down, <laughs> but, uh, it's, I've been doing it for as long as I can remember. Has, was it all, have you always been tackling like the multi-panel or no, I've done some sing, single panel, some single panels as well. And of course, each one has a, a completely different approach. Right. With the, with the multi-panel, uh, you've got uh, different panels to build to a, a gag, whereas with a single panel, you know, it's one time. <laughs> what? So, do you enjoy the multi-panel more than the single panel, or both have kind of their own merit? I, the, the, I, they both have merits, but I think I enjoy the the multi-panel more because you can kind of develop it more. Right. What comes first, the joke, or do you just start doodling yes. and kind of it comes out the, of the joke? Um, and my method uh, when I was doing this was I had to get away from all any other out input, and I would go out into the backyard and sit in a lawn chair and just zone out and start. Then I'd start thinking about the characters and how those characters worked with. Uh, the other characters and with the young family and with current events going on and the, the gags would start coming and, uh, and I scribble them down and then develop them from that. You were doing them daily. So that's kind of a, not really, how, how long would you spend per day? Oh gosh. Per comic? Uh, uh, it, it, depending on how long it took to actually do the gag create the gag it would be it could be any, anywhere from uh four hours to eight hours just depending on yeah. for per strip depending on because on, you have to develop that then you have to draw it then you have to you might have to redo it to get the 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 timing right it's just like a, a, a tv show or something the timing has to be just right and then you draw it then you uh ink it and then you letter it and it, there's a lot of, a lot of work to it this is all 100% everything like you from the start to finish. Yes. Excellent. And so your style, who who would you say influenced your style? Or where did the influence of your style come from? Because it looks like characters are slightly more abstract and cartoony, but then some of your, like this panel that we're looking at, which is a car, kind of a 1950s Chevy-looking car. Cadillac. Cadillac. That's, yes. Um, I don't build cars. Uh, GM. The art is better than my ability to describe what I'm looking at. Okay, a 49 Cadillac. (laughs) But, I mean, a fairly realistic drawing of that with the kind of an Airstream style trailer, but not that. Pull behind. Yeah, Mm -hmm. pull behind. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that's, 
there's varying levels of detail in your artwork. Um, where did you pull those elements from? At what? that time, when I was uh, creating this, one of my biggest influences was Bill Watterson with Calvin and Hobbes. Mm, big Tremendous. fan, awesome. well, yeah. and he and he used the cartoony mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. along with the very realistic mm-hmm. backgrounds. So, and, and and until you just mentioned that, I hadn't really put that together. But uh, uh, Watterson at that time was probably my biggest influence in uh, the comic strip. So. Any of the strips come from like personal experiences, not just like the joke in the times, sure, but like sure. any of your life. Oh, sure, sure. Coming uh, through the the young man, young best, and his dad here, um, uh, are both suggestive of me as a younger man and as what I will be as an older man. Uh, I kind of see myself in those characters. Um, the older man is uh, is a bit wiser. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more uh, 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 worldly, whereas the young man, if if you read the strip, is uh, a little bit uh, dangerous when it comes to home repairs. Uh, he, he would get uh, time life books on how to do certain repairs at home, and just you know, black out the city and things like that. So, <laughs> so the, the, I like the, the differences there, but. Uh, there was one gag that I that I took from life and w- put into the strip was uh, I was working at Service Merchandise years ago, and this is when cell phones were just coming in, and there was a fellow uh, came into our store and it was late in the evening and hardly anybody there and uh, he had a a new cell phone probably a big clunking thing. And was striding up and down in front of the conveyor belt, waiting for his, his uh, goods he'd purchased, and uh, talking real loudly on the cell phone, and making a big, big production of his of his new technology. And, hmm. and uh, uh, well, he showed up in the strip a few days later, <laughs> <laughs> and with the older best uh, yanking his phone away from him, but. Uh, that kind of that kind of stuff it does seep into a mm-hmm. to live through your artwork. Oh, sure. The, when did the this strip ran? When in the uh, uh, early to late nineties? Okay, because it it definitely seems to be paying homage, I think, to kind of a fifties sixties era mm-hmm. a little bit, just in some of the I think style that our Grandpa wears the car, the trailer. Um, I'm going to assume that that era speaks to you in some like what what about that era is special to you? The uh of course the what the, the time frame of the of the strip is current. Of course current as in 1990s. Right, right. Um and each character comes from a different decade. Right. The the radio was the 1930s, the gas pump is the 1920s. The uh pressure cooker could be a little bit later. Um but each character has a certain viewpoint because of the decade from, from where he came from mm. right in the time that he came up and that's the way he looked at the world and that's what makes it so much fun to to look at these characters through their eyes from their decade in relationship to what's going on currently yeah so who influences gus because uh our viewers can't see you but i don't think you were around in 1920 <laughs> no 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 no, no. <laughs> but uh, but i i confess i'm a a, a real history buff mm-hmm and uh, automotive buff and 
from from that, that period, the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and 50s, mm-hmm. are my favorite period to study. So I've, I've a lot of those, a lot of this stuff is is uh, things that I have studied and researched and whatnot in, in myself. And uh, of course, that bleeds into the, the story. right. Yeah. Do some of those maybe embody a little bit of voice of family members or something as well? Like my oh. grandpa was born in the 20s and sure. definitely. I could channel some of that. Oh, I'm I, sure. I zero I'm sure. Capability, but I'm sure. Um, yeah. So, are any of the inanimate objects, the pressure cooker, the radio, are any like, are you aware of a connection of a family member to any not, of those? Not a, not just... a particular. Oh, okay. But uh, I had a tobacco shop for a number of years, and I had a lot of World War II vets and mm-hmm. and uh, older folks who would, would trade with me, and and uh, that was a regular haunt for them, and they'd come and tell stories. And some of the most wonderful stories came from those folks. And uh, so that, of course, became part of my my, my memories. And, uh, of course, a lot of that influences what I created. And, of course, Grandpa Best is a, is a dyed-in-the-wool uh, pipe smoker. So, you like know, Aaron you know, here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classy pipes. Yeah. That's right. I'm a fan. So tools of the trade, if... If I were trying to get into cartooning um, and could overcome an insurmountable hurdle to talent, <laughs> what <laughs> what would what would you suggest as my entry? Because I think cartooning is different from my uh, some other art in some ways because I'm you know recreating something I'm seeing or something I've kind of visualized in my mind. I think cartooning you're writing jokes almost like a stand-up comedian in some ways, right? Like you have to think of that and think of delivery and mm-hmm. timing and cadence and panel size. Uh, you, you're writing a show because this looks like it's happening probably every day is kind of a continuing story maybe yes. for the week or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, a storyline could go on for several days. Yeah, so you're, you're pulling together a lot of disparate skills, really. Uh, mm-hmm. As a cartoonist, where would you suggest that I start? Where would I... How would I begin? There's a lot of pieces on the table. Well, the way I started was I sat and thought, again, with no external noise going on, uh, about what kind of world I wanted to create, and then start thinking about the characters. And there were a number of characters that didn't make the strip. Uh, One character was a, a tombstone, just like a lost tombstone that would travel by laying itself over and rolling itself like this <laughs> and it would communicate the the chip the, the letters that were chiseled no. into the front would change to communicate that should it. just be its own strip yeah, yeah. bring it back yeah well you know you never know what, kickstarter what project yeah, there you, there you go. but uh but he didn't make the the final cut but uh, you have to you have to yeah. and then you do a series of drawings of each character so you get that character developed uh, there were the you know like Lisa there for instance the little girl. Uh, there are a number of versions of her before I finally committed to a certain uh, look. Look. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a character in the comic strip that you just realized like after it was running? It's in circulation for a couple of years. <coughs> did you have any characters that just kind of didn't work anymore, or you realized maybe that the cast was too too many moving pieces and you kind of just phased one out, or have they all? No, everybody that started in the strip. Is still uh, in the strip. strip. Yeah, right. still, with, with the strip. still with oh. the strip, yes. She honed it down mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Then. Yeah, yeah. There's not that many characters. Yeah. There's probably oh, eight or ten main characters. So. And that's a 
Sounds like plenty. But yeah. if you're thinking about like junk, mm-hmm. there could be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how there's a little Pee Wee Herman uh, influence here with talking inanimate objects in the. <laughs> I don't know sure. if that actually influenced it, but I see that in the pressure cooker, especially because oh, sure, he has sure. that kind of mm-hmm. just like that face on him. It's a why a pressure cooker? I don't know. It just he just came came <laughs> by, and, and the fact that he's a pressure cooker made me think he was going to going to be uh, uh, kind of a sourpuss, yeah, uh, real he's negative under pressure acting, all the time. under pressure all the yeah. time, and uh, the the face says it. But you know, he's a character with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. You know, he, that pops out every once in a while. Where he's got a he's got a soft core. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. The um, is there anything that you draw around? So I know some artists sometimes they struggle with certain things, whether it's perspective or a body part or something, and they kind of will frame actions that those things. Is there something that you've kind of had to work around? Or no, no, no. I'm not bragging, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> you can do it all. It's the most consummate uh, well. cartoonist. I, I mean, I don't know. I just there's a there's a comic book artist, Rob Leftfield. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. Oh. He can't draw feet to save his life, apparently. Right? So it, his characters just always have feet very far behind them, so you can't really like see. <laughs> the perspective is always weird. Uh, so I just like my brother struggles and has spent a lot. And my brother's an artist. Uh, mm-hmm really struggled with kind of hands for a long time, especially like, as tough. he was learning. You know, yeah, oh, there's yeah. a lot of joints and movement and yeah. angles. Uh, so um, do you use any reference material when you're drawing, or is all this just no. you really are just no, I'll, 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 I'll sketch it out, just loosely sketch it, mm-hmm. and, and develop you know that particular scene, and then I'll actually draw it on the, the final uh, print. And then you know, and, and I'll still make adjustments, make sure that the the attitude of the of that person is correct. Um, but uh, it's just a matter of fine tuning, right? So this is I don't know how big is this piece of paper. Uh, it's sixteen tell. by twenty almost. Close, Close. to it, yeah. yeah. The, like, but the strip twelve itself, eight. Of course, is just well, see, this is like a band. yeah twelve right. eighteen okay. two on mm-hmm. a page. And so you'd submit this whole paper, but this would be. Two days, maybe. What I would actually do is I would uh, scan these, okay, and reduce them down to about yay big, and I turn that in to the paper. like a five by eight kind right. of size, and they'd finish the actual. Okay. They'd scan it themselves and make it size it correctly. So, and you do all your own lettering, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. every bit of it. Uh, so, what what materials do you actually? Use. I mean, is this a special paper? Or it's just, just a good, high-quality uh, drawing paper, and uh, uh, of course, it, it's originally done in, in in pencil, just number two pencil, or maybe a little bit harder pencil. And then uh, uh, I've experimented with different inks. Uh, I, I've done with just the actual pen and ink, but I've uh, had best luck with um, uh, just a, a really high-quality black felt felt. Pointed felt uh, pen, like a fine point sharpie. Fine. Yeah, and then go back and erase the any uh, pencil lines that may still be extant. I hate to say that you're making this sound too easy. <laughs> I'm starting to get confident that I could make a cartoon, wow. and we all know that's not possible. So <laughs> you can draw flies. Like I, apparently, I have the material at home. It just takes some practice. <laughs> well, you can buy it, and then I've go. got to be funny. There you go. That's yeah. the missing ingredient, that's, probably. And, that's and I'll, the, I'll be honest with you: the the the, the part that I find the, the the most serendipity is. 
I don't consider myself a particularly funny person. And I'm not, you know, I, I, you know Aaron knows that, you know, I, I love a good joke. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as being one of those people that are just naturally humorous, I'm really not that guy. So I confess that when I'm in the lawn chair in the backyard, kind of zoning out and thinking about all this stuff, it always comes as a complete surprise to me when the gags come. And, and, and I sketch all this out and I go to myself, that's, where'd that come from? I had no idea that was in me. But by allowing my, my mind to drift like that, yeah, it just opened up a certain gate, I guess, and the gags would start coming. And, and some of them, I, I can still read these and laugh out loud because they, they tickle me. <laughs> so I figure if they tickle me, maybe they'll tickle somebody else. What was the, there was a cartoon about a family that a woman drew, massive circulation, uh, it was her and her husband and like two or three kids. No, it wasn't Family Circus. That was more cartoony. Because it went for a long time and the family actually aged. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think so. Um, she was uh, a syndicated cartoonist. Oh, like I know. Like a who J and a about. B or something were the name. I, know, I think I know who you're talking about, but I can't recall the name. Because there's an element of that here, I think, where kind of every day circumstances there's nothing extremely you know you're not going to an alien planet like calvin and Hobbes. you know but mm-hmm. well you do have live inanimate objects but uh then here on this panel you get that kind of like heartwarming mm-hmm. moment you know this panel is the one with the cadillac 1949 cadillac like i said first time with the pull behind trailer <laughs> we'll edit that out and grandpa coming home and then him saying no doubt about it after this trip he doesn't say after this trip, but no doubt about it, this is the best part of traveling as he hugs his granddaughter. And I think those, like that strikes me as that kind of moment that I read in those cartoons that I can't think of the name it's of relatable. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's relatable, yeah. but also like it's a it's not it's not a strip necessarily. Just in a little bit I've read, it's not even a strip necessarily that's meant to make me laugh out loud every single time. Like right. Gary Larson, maybe, you know, right. or something like that. Right. But something where I'm really it's kind of got a I don't know a lot about cartooning, but in the the little bit I've read and, and know, uh, a little bit of an older style in the sense, or I don't know, I don't read Sundays anymore, but that you are following a story and it, it has emotional ups and downs and funny mm-hmm. moments and kind of heartwarming moments. Mm-hmm. Arc. Um, yeah, an arc. Yeah. Drama. Yes. Right. Have, uh, One thing that, uh, that I tried really hard to do, because I occasionally, I couldn't help myself, some, some political stuff would work its way in. Right. But... Uh, I was real careful to keep it gentle because um, I, I thought it was really important uh, as far as my strip was concerned that if I played with, you know, like a political uh, angle of some kind to keep it gentle. Yeah. You should never make too much fun of the queen. Right. Yeah. I can't yeah. take it. That's <laughs> yeah. you got to be gentle. Yeah. She deserves reverence. Sure. Yeah, sure. for sure. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> Long live the queen, by the way. Yeah, yeah for real. I mean, she's really fulfilling that statement. Yeah. <laughs> Longest reigning monarch in history. Wow. I think 60-something years on the throne. Longer than I remember. <laughs> she's been queen as long as we've been alive. Yeah, plus. Yeah. Where do you put your notes? Do you have just like a bunch of notebooks that you kind of collect uh, things I've in? Got, or uh, I've got somewhere the original sketches for the 
characters as I was working those out, and some of the original uh, storyboards, if you want to call. Are it you that. a napkin guy though, or are you like a collected? No, here's my bound no, sketchbook. No like, or yeah, or a sketchbook, right? You know, where I doodle that stuff out, and and uh, uh, you might not be you may be able to recognize what's happening. Because it was just a, like a, a circle here for that <laughs> character and a circle there for that character, and, and scribble out what the characters are saying, and and uh, then you play with that until you get it fine tuned. Right. So we, I, I mean, I've found in conversations talking with people that there's really kind of pulling from here and pulling from there and bringing those together in a way that's maybe a different point of view that really leads to kind of what we would call creativity. And the, the really the point of this conversation is actually talking to people that create things. Mm -hmm. uh, you've talked a little bit about history and your love for history. How has history influenced this strip? Would you say that it's a, sometimes a commentary on today through some generational eyes oh, certainly. or certainly, uh, kind of early on in the strip, um, Oh, I think it was Broadcast Bill, the radio, would um, uh, was asking Lisa uh, if she would go to the record store and buy him a record. He wanted, you know, like a, a Glenn Miller record. And she says, no. He says, well, I'm sorry I bothered you. And he, she goes, no, 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 you don't understand. There isn't a record store anymore. They don't make records anymore. You know, in she says, he says, well, how do you get music? And he explained it. it's on, on tape or CD. And uh, one of the other characters says, what'd she say? And he says, oh, something about there about uh, um, scotch tape and something else. But, you know, he, in another one, he's talking about uh, catching the, the, the train to go somewhere. And she says, well, they don't have trains. And there's no trains and, and you call this progress. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the juxtaposition of those two completely different viewpoints and, and frames of reference is where a lot of the humor comes from. Right. Absolutely. Do you think that, what, what do you think? I think everybody has kind of a, nostalgia for the past you know i yeah. aaron and i will well aaron is restoring 1950s tools and uh i like old motorcycles and there's something about that that kind of has a mystique and a, a history to it and a, sure. something special about the quality. it quality yeah and i think too like you know even our generation looks back on not only the previous decades in our lives, but even before that is kind of these golden moments, you know, that happen. There's kind of a, like, man, it'd be cool to be a cowboy or be neat to live in the fifties. I think mm -hmm. the way they dressed was better. They didn't show up to people's houses as guests with hats on and t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> not that anybody, none of us are doing that. We're all in suits. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what's the thing that if you could carry from your favorite decade, whether his history or something you've lived through, that you you wish you saw more of today or you wish was still kind of a like for me i think dress right in the 50s and 60s i think people really took it seriously sure and sure. uh mm -hmm. i think that's something that i kind of actually would that was never part of my life really yeah. uh thanks sears um <laughs> <laughs> we had those jeans with the double knees arizona jeans. It, so you didn't wear them mm -hmm. out no they were like tough something i don't remember anyway uh but what's something that you you think we've lost i guess would be a good way to put it 
Well, I think that a lot of people that have the nostalgia bug, uh, which I am, you know, immersed in. The best people have the nostalgia yes, bug. Yes. That's, is, I like to think so. I think everybody kind of hearkens back to whether it actually existed or not, but a simpler time, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not that actually was real or not. In our collective memory, we think it was. And uh, the things that are lost, are really like you mentioned, clothing. People dressed to get on an airplane, to go somewhere. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. If you were going downtown, you dressed. Men didn't go outside, as a rule, without a hat. Uh, women wore dresses, uh, and, and, and d- depending on what time... Uh, what decade you're talking about, gloves. Um, children, you know, were dressed for church, for school, for for Easter. Uh, and it, it's the way we dress now um, is far more comfortable, but I think we've lost a little something in that. I mean, I have, uh, there's a great book that I've got called 1939, The Lost World of the Fair referring to the 1939-40 New York World's Fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking at this from the, it's being told by an elderly woman who was a young woman during the fair and was courting, uh, being courted by her, her husband. And she, she made the statement, would it kill you to wear a tie? Does it really <laughs> hurt you to put on a tie? Um, so we've lost, there's, you know, We've lost that, and there are certain um, love decorum that uh, really was harmless and added to the civility of life that uh, we've lost. And unfortunately, it's it's really been lost, I think, in the last few months. But hopefully it, it will re- regain some of that. We're talking about the queen. Yes, uh, the queen. Yes, long live her. <laughs> live uh, her. What? So to flip that, but we've gained some things too. Yeah. So what do you what do you think? Just since that period of time that we've, what's the biggest gain in your opinion? Health. The the the, the healthcare. Uh, I have a history of uh, uh, kidney disease, and I've had a couple of transplants. If I lived in the 1930s, a time that I just loved to study and research about, it, I'd be dead now. It is because of the modern medicine that I'm still breathing. There are a couple different avenues to put together pictures and words, uh, storyboarding, mm-hmm. comic books. Uh, why, why did you pick this specific route? Well, I've always loved comics uh, from when I was just a kid. Uh, and I looked forward to them. I, I, still, I still read the comics and just, and just love them. Uh, some are better than others, naturally. What's your favorite one today? Uh, today, uh, probably uh, Pearls Before Swine is a real is one of my favorites. Uh, then there's uh, Pickles, which is a completely different genre. It's you know older older folks. Uh, Diamond Lil is another one that's a lot of fun, which is again old people. <laughs> I think. In, in thinking about it now, I I don't know what avenue my kids would get a comic strip in. 
I think the readership and subscriptions are way, 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 way down. Oh, yeah. Well, I, that, but I mean, I mean there's other avenues, how would, right? So you could do right. a web comic or something, yeah. but like, I don't. That's I haven't thought. You like, have you, as I asked you that question, yeah. I was like, I don't know the last time I read a comic strip actually. Yeah, Likewise. because it's have you. Uh, what is the avenue of comic strips right now? I mean, it's still... It's, newspapers have better circulation than people think, so there's that. But you almost have to be syndicated. You have to be syndicated. To, and I attempted uh, several times to get this syndicated and was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything that I read and was told, that's not uncommon. A lot of very popular strips were turned down multiple times. Mm-hmm. Of course, because there are fewer newspapers and the... Uh, printing space is smaller. Uh, it's even harder now to get syndicated mm-hmm. because uh, th- that that market is dwindling. Right. And you really have to be cream of the crop at this point yes, to get in there. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we've got um, – there's a lot of stuff going online. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, is there like a one-stop shop I can go online and people can publish their comic yes. strips to that? Yes. There's, there's, there's uh, a number of sites, and I – Sorry, but I can't recall any particular. I think Kegel with a C is a, a, a cartoonist that has a page of that includes all these daily strips from other cartoonists. So you can go to his page and read all these cartoons. And so we should daily. just go halvesies. We'll start a website called The Funny Page. There you go. Funny.com. Funny.page. We should know how that would work. And then we'll just we'll just let cartoonists submit to that. Funnypaper.com. Yeah, funny paper, the funnypapers.com. Yeah. Uh, can't wrap your Christmas presents in this one, Grandma. Uh, <laughs> well, you ever folded an iPad? <laughs> Have you ever got caught not opening your present while the VHS camcorder is going because you were uh. reading the cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> Happened to me. Yeah. Or wrapping your textbooks in. Funny pages are used for everything. Sure. Yep. You sure. can wrap fish in them. You can wrap your textbook in them, presents mm. in them. Bottom of the bird cage. Age. Insulate yep. walls, toolboxes. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's the, all, the one-stop shop of. Uh, uh, do, I don't remember where I was. Gonna what go uh, you know? Everyone that we talk to, we ask them a question of like, what is one or a few things? What do you carry with you every day, like in your pocket or just on your person? We call it the everyday carry. What's right. your everyday carry? Uh, Chapstick and a pocket knife. Yeah, that's always in my pocket. Those are good ones. Yep, wasn't a flashlight. I have one of the two. Yeah. I'll let I you guess. I have a pocket knife. Yeah. Oh, I just have a pocket. Yeah, knife. I just have the pocket. Need a flashlight now. When you've got the. Yeah. I, that's what I well, said. You know, but we're not going to pick on the person who said flashlight because it was two guys in a row. Yeah. <laughs> so fifty percent of the people say flashlight. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, you just said how many podcasts we've done at this point. I was trying to keep it timeless. We'll edit the Some of the post. people no, I, have, carry a flashlight. It really is 50% right now with flashlights, yeah. well, which I found bizarre. Yeah. Flashlights go in your key ring. Right. And that's cool. But yeah. yeah. I got so much stuff on my key ring, it's just too much stuff. So mm-hmm. that's why I rely on the. I think chapstick and knife is the most practical of the answers. Uh, yeah. This will be an interesting one. So uh, in your workspace, do you have a, a rule as you sit down to work or as you start to do a cartoon? Like, is there music that you play or like yes. what's the rule of the shop for a cartoonist for me mm-hmm. it's uh roaring 20s dance music nice i like it I, I listen to that stuff all the time i've got a pretty pretty good collection of it and uh, uh it's going all the time either on my 
a little iPod or um, on the stereo. Uh, but uh, that keeps me relaxed and, and, and uh, uh, kind of zoned into what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm catching myself painting and tapping my toes at the same time. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you play it loud, like drown out sound and kind of fall into that area? Or do you it, play it background if, music? If, and If I'm alone, uh, I got it cranked up pretty good. Right. And if I'm, if I'm not alone, I've got the iPod cranked up pretty good. So, yeah, it's kind of a drown out, just fall into the, yeah, it's yeah. a white noise for you in a way. It, it is mm-hmm. to, a de- to, to a degree. And it, uh, in a soundtrack. In a soundtrack. And it's, to me, that's how I've always, I've, for the last 30 years of relaxed is listening to that music because it's, it's just a huge variety. It's happy music. Um, it's, um, to me, it's just extremely relaxing. Who's your favorite artist from that period? You mm-hmm. mean, uh, artist or, or musician? performer, musician? Yeah. From oh, that oh, era. oh, oh, sorry. Um, musical artist. Musical. Is what I okay, intended thank to. You. Um, well, uh, the Paul Whiteman orchestra. Uh, I'm just going to nod my head. I don't okay. know any artist okay. you're about to say. He was a he was a he was a real big band and did several movies. Bing Crosby got his start. I know that name. You know that name. I redact my earlier statement. He he got his start playing with uh, two other or singing with two other men called the Rhythm Boys with the Paul Whiteman Orchestra. That's where he got his start. Okay. Um, then there's uh, a group called uh coon sanders uh kansas city nighthawks uh that uh they were a first band to play coast to coast on a coast to coast hookup they started at midnight and they start they'd be playing on the radio and they take requests and as people were called in it would come in on the on a ticker tape and they get the, you know you know the, for this particular song and the band would play that song so literally, uh, probably one of the earliest call-in music shows. That's <laughs> really cool. Yeah, That's yeah. neat. Pre-Dick Clark. And, and a, a, a local band that uh, made it big time uh, was out of Fort Smith, mm-hmm. a, a black band called, um, um, oh, golly, I've just lost his name. Oh. Well, regardless, uh, it had a, a really big what was a regional band at that mm-hmm. time would travel around several southern states and uh got a big gig playing at the adolphus hotel in dallas which is still going a big going concern and he played on a coast coast hookup which is a big deal and um they had uh um matching touring cars they all played on gold-plated instruments <laughs> and w- there was a, a big hotel in New York City, I forgot which one it was. Um, Fletcher Henderson band was playing there, and they were, they had an engagement for the summer elsewhere in Europe or somewhere. And he was invited to bring his band up and, and play. And uh, uh, and I got a chance to to interview his um, uh, widow some years ago, and uh, uh, she had, was telling me that uh, they had. Uh, after they would play, they'd go home to, to their, their hotel where they're staying. And after other music, white, like white musicians would get done with their sets, they'd come over there and they'd all jam, which they couldn't do on stage. Right. Because they couldn't play Whoa. together. So on segregated stage. music yes. on That's stage. Nice. But, yeah. they, but they wanted to play together. Right. And she said she remembers very, very clearly uh, Bing Crosby over here passed out in a chair and, you know, this kind of stuff That's going cool. on. Um, Adolphus, uh, 
No, 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 that's not it. His name's going to come to me in a second. But well, we, some we'll, some great we'll stories. Remember. So you 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 said something about interviewing somebody. I discovered maybe a year or two ago. I didn't realize that uh, cartooning as a f- uh, basically a way of capturing an image, right? Like um, it, I was reading the biography of Ripley, like Ripley's Believe It or Not oh, yeah, Museum, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I guess he got to start as like he would go draw cartoons of an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that you ever did or had an interest in, or? Well, not so much. I guess we didn't. Events. That's not your era, really, of cartooning. Not really that, but I used to do a lot of caricature work. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've done that for years, and um, uh, I would go to like fairs and and things like that and set up, and uh, or uh, corporations would hire me for their company picnics, and. Uh, for a flat fee, and I would just sit up at my table, and then people line up, and they come over, and I do a character of them, and th- the next one. Because mm-hmm. so nothing that, says team building like drawing funny pictures of your coworkers. That's right. No. That's right. <laughs> I have ones that Doug did of me. I I yeah. used to when I was a kid. I think at Silver Dollar City or something, we would go and you'd get your little. I'm. You could just draw an actual picture of me, and it'd be a caricature anyway, yeah. of a human being. But walking caricature. <laughs> so Doug. I don't want to like skip over this, but the music part, you you played music, didn't you? Yes. Go in and learn. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I was in my early 30s, and a buddy of mine and I who collect this music and research this music uh, from the 20s and early 30s um, were talking on the phone one day. And actually, I was 32 maybe, and he was a couple of years older. And uh, we thought, you know, we play this stuff, we research it, we listen to it. The only thing we don't do is play it. So that was kind of the kernel of an idea, and I called the local, uh, what was uh, West Ark Community College at that point, which is now the University of Arkansas, Fort Smith, mm-hmm. and their jazz instructor, who's still there, uh, I called him and, and said, is at 32, is it too old to learn an instrument? He said, no, no. <laughs> so that was what, the start of, of the band. We ended up becoming the Arcadia Nighthawks Roaring Twenties Dance Orchestra. And we played for oh, legit name. Yeah, <laughs> we played for over a decade, and uh, we, people would hear us play real musicians now, you know, not amateurs like we were, and we could say, "Can we play with you?" And uh, because we were playing something nobody else was playing, mm-hmm. and we managed to find a source for the original music. There was a collector years ago. As these bands retired, he would buy their books of all their music. Mm-hmm. And we'd collect it, and we got, we'd say we want, you know, this particular song and this particular song and this particular song, and he'd get, make copies of all the parts. Wow. You know, for 10 cents, a sheet, right. or whatever yeah. it was, and send that to us. <laughs> and so we've got a pretty good book ourselves now. That's pretty, so what instrument did you pick to play? I yeah. started out on trumpet and realized I, that needed, uh, you had to devote a lot of time to the trumpet to keep your lip up. Right. And uh, so I switched because I couldn't devote that much time. I'm to waiting it. to hear what the lazy instrument is. <laughs> oh my god, tuba! Oh, I ended up taught myself to play the sousaphone, <laughs> right? And uh, because that was a real prominent instrument, rhythm instrument in that period yeah. of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, they went to a string bass, but in the 20s, there was a lot of sousaphone or, or upright tuba, mm-hmm. and uh, taught myself how to play that and how to read the music. And my friend started out on 
uh, trombone and switched to saxophone. And we managed to get the other people that joined us, you know, uh, we had our trombone player for years was was a professional had been a professional bone player for sixty years, played with some of the big names, but he chose us to to play with, and so that was <laughs> you guys were doing pretty, something right, yeah, yeah, I guess. But we had an awful lot of fun. Well, I'm sure it was awful a blast. Yeah, but I moved up here and and uh, had a couple of members pass away and. So, and we still talk about getting together and reforming something, but right. we haven't, haven't done it yet. Aaron and I talk about it sometimes, but yeah. we haven't done it yet either. That's what started our friendship with yeah. music. Really? Yeah. We both, uh, well, Aaron knows how to play an instrument. I decided to <laughs> fail miserably at playing an instrument, so he no. played just I kept like you around anyway. rock, right? That's it, yeah. Notice zero instruments at the table. Yeah. Downstrokes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On the guitar. Nobody will get that. Yeah. Uh, it took me I a do. long time to realize I could pick going up the string. <laughs> so there was a lot of downstroke. Yeah. It was kind of punky rock yeah. stuff, 90s music. So, yeah, a lot of downstroking for the speed. It's that You know what? Yeah. Not. All right. Just like a harmonica, you can blow in, but you can also suck in. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah true. Things yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. Yep. That's a lazy instrument, by the way. That's uh, one that well, almost anybody can play. I'm going to throw that one out there. It's yeah. it's if they're it's keyed, tough yes. to be it's like a bass it's a big step to be good but anybody arguably yep. could play it relatively quickly if you play three notes and one I of going to be right yeah. <laughs> so I feel confident saying what I just said they're probably why I picked yeah. them up <laughs> I can fake my way through this yep <laughs> uh, did you I did do you uh, do you have formal training. In art, yes. Or is it just a? I had yeah. uh, I took uh, classes in in school and and uh, I learned probably the most important inf- information I received was from the professors at uh, West Ark. Excellent. And uh, uh, there was two two doctor two uh, teachers there that were uh, real influential in in uh, what I learned and accomplished but uh they didn't have a great deal of influence on the comic strip but on the the fine art stuff um they did had a big impact what was the strip before best junk what was the one that maybe was best junk the first thing published yes okay so was except for editorial cartoons i've done a number of editorial cartoons uh, single panel did you have a strip before that that you tried to shop around and just kind of oh just that one i told you about as a kid right but so, not, I mean, you just sat down, wrote best junk, sent it out, and I, d- I decided I'm two or three tries show. later, somebody's like, "Sure." Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how that normally happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. But <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't uh, syndicated. You know, that was completely unsuccessful getting I it syndicated. I mean, I made a crossword puzzle once. I still haven't heard back from Will Short. So <laughs> you're... I thought you had something in Newsweek once. No, what? No, no. Oh, those liars. <laughs> You sure? <laughs> Literally the most made up thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I am I just hopeful. a legend with no yeah. meat behind I'm glad it, I didn't pass that on. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> um, no, yeah, so you really do make this sound like you just woke up one day, started doing it, and it were. I mean, you make this sound well, it, like you've it, had the most blessed existence as a cartoonist <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, I had, uh, you know, when the, the idea started germinating about doing a strip, um, it didn't take... But it's a couple of weeks to make the decision to start developing. That's and, crazy. I mean, yeah. you just went out and did it. 
So do you sit on the ideas for a good amount of time, thinking, ah, uh, this is what I'll do if I do this, and then it just, hey, this is what I'm doing. Or you did mean, it? You mean the 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 like the idea, scripts? right? Like, I mean the the, the overall whole the whole thing. No, you know, a couple of couple of weeks of just kind of thinking about it and then pull the trigger. Do you get an idea? Uh, I think maybe building on a few, like ever have an idea where it doesn't fit the story arc right this minute, but you know, you know, oh, I sure. really want this beat, but it's going to be a while before that. Oh beat yeah, makes yeah, sense. I, I, sure, sure. Okay, because when I when I was like I say sitting in the in the in the yard. Uh, the the gags would start coming, and I I jot this stuff down, you know, like storyboard form. Right, right. And uh, I'd use the ones that were in sequence first, and then I, I could always revert to the single standalone gag. So, like a comedian, you really do have a joke file. <laughs> yeah, they're right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These can be read and looked at. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, Man, I had something I was going to ask him. Time. Oh, yeah, that, like, I, you kind of touched on this at the very beginning, but the, if you're running, you're running, you were running this daily? Yes, uh, Monday, through, Monday through Saturday. So Man. what's the turnaround time from, I mean, you've got brainstorm day on some day of the week, mm -hmm. Monday or something, mm -hmm. and then... You've really got it. I, I, there's a. I try to stay a week ahead. Okay, I was gonna say, and then so, wow. but from. Are you drawing one a day? Are you drawing all seven in one day, and then taking the other six days to kind of think about? Uh, it, it varied. It, Honestly, some days, you know, some weeks it would. It, you know, I could do several at a time. Otherwise, sometimes it'd just be one a day. Um, one of the reasons I retired it is um, I was, like I say, working 70 hours Christmas time um, for a you know, big retailer. And um, when I caught myself on Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock in the morning inking, because it had to, to be at the newspaper the following, you know, month, the, mm -hmm. the, the day after Christmas, I thought I just can't keep up with this pace and still be working these kind of hours. Right course now that i'm semi-retired I've, I've got more time to back to do at that, it which is why i'm kind of thinking about different methods of doing it other than a uh, newspaper you could probably just draw aaron's existence he's kind of <laughs> yeah, comical to watch <laughs> did you do you <laughs> did you sometimes keep like i resemble that uh <laughs> do you sometimes keep like this is a good one and it could kind of go anywhere so this could just be filler material i can send in if i don't have something ready mm -hmm, sure you have some kind of in the batting Backlog. cage. So oh, yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Something to pull out just to fill in. Sure. Did you try to keep a certain amount of those on hand, or was it just oh, kind of like it, this just old... kind of... You usually have two, three ideas just to, you know, in the sock in case I needed them. A cookie jar of jokes. Yes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Huge cookie just jar. Just cookies. Yeah, don't... Approximately. I mean, I know you've had a lot of these scanned recently, mm -hmm. put into a digital format. How many do you think there are total that you have? You know, I've never added them up, but I've got six uh, years times one a day. I've got uh, Gosh. a portfolio portfolio full of unscanned strips. And so, yeah, let's do, you said it didn't run concurrently. Did it take a year off? Uh, yeah, I ran it in, in the newspaper in Fort Smith and then I moved up here. And so I stopped, you know, 
publishing down there and, and came up here and talked to the editor um, up here and uh, went in uh, the Northwest Arkansas Times. So in a rough, quick math. Of course, some of those I could re- I got to reuse. Right. Because they Ooh, that's smart. Ah. Ah. Doubling down. Yeah. So you should just move again. You wouldn't have to work anymore at all. <laughs> just feel like that would be the solution. The serial killers do that, I think. Just sell the house, buy an RV, just drive town to town, try not to be there a serial killer. Serial artist. Yeah. Serial that. So rough math, if this ran for five years... And saying that you used some and then maybe didn't publish every single day. I mean, my math, if you did publish every day, is 1,800 individual cartoons. We'll drop it down. Wow. But still, 1,700. 1700. <laughs> I've never, never added them up. Well, Man. I just did for you. And you've drawn 1,500 stories. That's a lot of ink. That's a lot of ink. That's a lot of short stories. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes you as prolific as Stephen King, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Doug shines, not monkey shines. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Doug is that's it. A, that's yeah. a, I think for a lot of people operating under that kind of pressure, full time operating under that kind of pressure. I have a friend that's a TV writer, and I mean, you're just putting out one episode a week, right? Like sure. that. I can't. I don't. That just. Do you think the pressure helps you, or? Like, you're just going all the time and the energy's there. I mean, obviously, at some point, there was a little bit of, I don't want to say burnout, but too much, you know, on the plate. But in the heat of the moment. Well, having a deadline helps. Yeah. I was going to say, like, <laughs> did that just, like, is that? Yeah, because, you know, like, I am by nature a procrastinator. I'll, you know, I'll freely admit that. But having that deadline sure helps drive the juices and get mm-hmm. you, because you, you don't want to lose that opportunity. Did you ever consider doing a weekly? It, no. it, you wanted it to be a daily, because mm-hmm. I think that's also a very specific era of cartoon. I oh, think yeah. too. I, I forget. You know, used to on rare occasion we would get a Sunday paper from somewhere I don't know, and that'd be the first thing I would read. I had no idea that there were comics in a daily paper. Oh yeah, you know, up like until a certain age, and your parents yeah. would never share it with you. Well, Did, in the rare you know, occasion we had a well, paper, but actually that so Sundays are or used to be, I thought all color. color. They are. Do you? Did you I've do never Sunday? done. I've never done any color. So did you wow. not do Sunday? No, Monday through Saturday. Never did. So Sundays. you're like the Chick Fil A of cartoons. Chick Fil A of cartoons, right there, <laughs> dude. I'm taking this day for my. I love your strips. <laughs> was, was, oh. <laughs> you know, every Sunday when I look for a funny story, I'm gonna. Man, I wish I had one of Doug Cotton's strips, but it's yeah. Sunday. <laughs> Great. That leaves Guess you. I'll have a Chick Fil A. Oh, <laughs> you drive up there for nothing. You've literally made Sunday the saddest day of the week. Oh. The only thing that keeps me going now is that Sunday's your blue sky thinking day, where you just come up with That's stories right. somewhere right. out there. Doug's thinking, <laughs> probably in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Well, now in a digital, like that, you've scanned some of these in. There's certain types of like my iPad Pro. With the Apple Pencil, we're not in any way, shape, or form sponsored. It, uh, you can add and do things like that now. I would think with some sort of way to vectorize the file or something to pull them in to be able to paint them. Oh, would my, you bro- ever... my brother paints on digitally sometimes, yeah. yeah. Would yeah. you ever think about doing something like that with your strips? Or... I don't know. I, mean, I, I wouldn't try practically anything. But the you heard it here my, first. <laughs> Vegas next road trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My uh, 
my computer skills are are, are notoriously lacking. Uh, so, I, and I have played on a real simplistic drawing mm-hmm. thing on on having to use the you know the, the pad, and uh, with not great success. But something like he has, we're actually using a stylus. Yeah, it would be a lot. It would be easier. Much, and, and, more yeah, simple. It might it's, be something worth trying. Well, if you want to look under your chair right now, we brought you a pri- no. uh, <laughs> You get an iPad, and we only have one person. So, uh, so in 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 your the theater of your mind, are these characters in color, or have they always been black and white? Always been black and white. Never never colored one. Grandpa doesn't have like this jacket isn't brown or black. It's just you've never envisioned color for any of these characters. I have excellent. Not. So I've done more work coloring these in my head sitting here than you've done in yeah, six right. years of drawing. That's it. right. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that I was part of this process. That's so, right. <laughs> well, I can tell you this car is green for some reason. <laughs> See, I would think that's that the, even a, a 49 color Cadillac that would be not green. That'd be like a, a Bel Air <laughs> would be I don't know. green. Aqua. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The, don't mess up. The, I'm doing this for. See, right I now. see it is. I don't want to say a, pink. That's but kind of a, a plaid bow tie. I'm just thinking of all the bow ties that Doug has. So it would be it's, a tweed looking. I, it does. I almost said tweed, <laughs> but that didn't work because I wanted his jacket to be tweed, and he's not a tweed on tweed. Guy. <laughs> hey, and that's the that's yeah. not a tweed. Uh, no, but it's a. That's kind of so. Your polka dot. Yeah, polka dot. Your your art kind of has a cartoony like that's a like a realistic version of uh-huh. almost a caricature like right on the line and then not like a step mm-hmm. back is that your general art well, that's I, really really good it, well, it's, i like it's, it um... you you have talent has anybody told you this <laughs> really have you yeah i just strips? wanted to i just felt like you know somebody needed to encourage you more oh okay yeah i, I appreciate i don't know if you're taking this seriously enough that's yeah. yeah you can do it <laughs> you know doug you could do anything you put your mind to and apparently oh. on the first try yeah. <laughs> no, no rejection oh no. my gosh <laughs> <laughs> I watched a YouTube video. Now I'm a cartoonist. Thanks. <laughs> you make me believe that's possible. Armchair cartoonist. Man, yep. I'm not even a good husband. I've been doing that for nine years. Oh, <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> I mean, I've been married for nine years. I started trying like two days ago. I think she claims three. <laughs> uh, it's so is all. Uh, you said you started getting back into painting. Is the painting kind of lean into that sort of I, whimsical would almost be i don't whimsical is not the well, right term not, not necessarily artist, but um do you do some uh because i can show you a couple of paintings yeah. that aren't uh uh cartoony right yeah you do some like realistic or mm-hmm. abstract or mm-hmm. what's your we can, can look I at it later. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah 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 this is all we're not broadcasting no you have live. to sit it's in this all... chair the whole time see to me that painting represents and looks like Doug is as a person like his yeah, but it has a little bit of character a, right, I mean right, it's, right but it's not the, a character bit of the soul but is it's on the yeah but it's a I knowing Doug see that and I'm just like uh it looks like he is and how he acts you know it's there you go oh that's super oh uh, that's too. good too yeah we'll take pictures <laughs> well you yeah. still have talent you know, yeah. so one of your road trips, you said you were going to Gulf Shore, and I almost said, I think you would really enjoy the Cape Hatteras area. Have you ever been to Outer Banks, North Carolina? Um, have you seen Just that, gorgeous. that uh, uh, lighthouse? 
The one that they had to move because it was falling into the ocean. Yes, I've seen yeah, that. that's such a cool. Yeah. That seems like it'd be right up your alley. Oh yeah. Shipwreck Museum. Did you go to the Shipwreck Museum? I did not. Oh, uh, the advertising is better than the actual in the structure, but it's really neat. I didn't realize how many sunken vessels are around that area. Wow. Uh, but it was like the most sunk ships in World yeah, War. Off Hatteras. Yeah. yeah. And so they have a shipwreck museum there. And there's some, there is some really, really, they can't get to a lot of the ships. So there's not a whole lot in this museum of physical objects, but there's a lot of history on the walls. It's really, really, really cool. Very cool. And then go north and go to Kitty Hawk. There you go. Yeah. Yep. See one of the bushes. Have you been to um, the... Uh, uh, Steamboat Museum in uh, Kansas City. I'm going to have to say I didn't know there was a steamboat museum There's in a, Kansas a, City. Uh, based on one steamboat, it's the uh, Arabia that went down in 1860 something, and uh, it, she went down so fast that it sunk into the mud, and the river changed over the years, and this one family started searching for it, spent every nickel they had, finally found it. Uh, on this farmer's land, they let him, he gave them permission to dig, and uh, as long as they put it back when they were done, put big caissons down in there, cost more more money, but they found her, and they brought up, it was fully laden going out west with, with all these brand new goods, and they've been able to to get most of the stuff out, and are slowly restoring it. They have it stored in caves to keep it in tanks to keep it moist. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a museum up there full of. It's like a, a floating Walmart of 1860. Wow, that is All really this stuff. cool. In Kansas City, Kansas City, yeah, it's, it's the, there the, too. The Steamboat Arabia Museum, and it is fascinating. All these, you know, there's even food stuff that was still edible and wines and and whatnot that are still. Potable. The mud kind of preserved yeah, somehow. That's exactly right. Just the temperature was. They were right. able to bring up uh, one of the one of the steam engines, and uh, it's actually operating. You know, turning, and you see an outline of the boat, and but you all the stuff behind glass, and it's an ongoing restoration process where that's they were struggling. So cool. Stuff. Did you see the the news story about the time capsule in Tulsa? I think with the car. They oh, yeah. put all the stuff it in the trunk that, and put yeah, it in the concrete yeah. thing, it and then it up leaked. with water. Yeah, yeah. That, that was so that was sad, so but sad. such a neat. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how the planned event went awry, mm-hmm. and the obviously accidental, hopefully not tragic. I don't know. Well, if it went down fast, did the steamboat have casualties? Oh, the only casualty was a goat that was tied up on deck. Yeah, everybody else got off. <laughs> so there was, there was no human casualty. I'd say that's an acceptable casualty rate. Yeah. 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 Was he preserved? <laughs> is he still making cheese <laughs> well can i get goat cheese from that goat no. it's spoiled by now is it, is it edible <laughs> old yeah uh Doug, i don't i it's been a pleasure talking to you i don't know if i really have anything else to cover about cartoon i've learned uh, more than i thought i would this is a question we ask that we'll start it off and you finish it oh yeah i wish i could you and finish the, the sentence. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I wish I could have an ice cream. No, no. Um, <laughs> you know what? We can solve that one. That's actually the first one we, yeah. can, we can actually we solve. We could go to get it. I don't know if we could get back, though. I don't. <laughs> oh, golly. I wish I had um, started the strip sooner. I wish I had started painting uh, and not gone for so long without painting. Uh, but I'm trying to make it for lost time now. 
Right. Yeah. So don't look back, though. Don't look back. What could you do going forward? I wish I could. Think positive. Uh, republish the strip in some form or fashion. Because uh, I'd, I'd like to, you know, to... Preserve it. Preserve it and to, uh, uh, I don't know, introduce younger people to an art form which is is not really dying but certainly isn't as popular as it was once funnypages.com funnypages.com you could probably just put it on the yeah i think we have the we'll answer. split it with you yeah okay. <laughs> i think it's harder to attain a comic strip in a way for someone to read and for it to become a favorite mm-hmm. i know for me it was like far side uh the far side mm-hmm. comics and uh, Calvin and Hobbes, mm-hmm. I'd make sure. Garfield, for sure. Those three. Hagar the Horrible. Well, there's that. Yeah. Um, Ziggy. You mm-hmm. know, we had those. But, I mean, you w- we went out of our way to try to find a way to get the book, you know, just based on reading it a few times in the paper. I don't think there's really much of that going on anymore. Family Matters? So I think it would be Family Matters, isn't it? Family Circus. No. Man, I'm still trying to think of that. Country. Family Matters is a TV show. Yeah, all right. That's Steve Urkel, right? Life Goes On. Heather knows that, and she's the youngest <laughs> oh, one. Oh, yeah, Family Matters, Stephen Corky. Yeah. That was not the name of the cartoon no. strip. Man, I'll think of it and edit it in later. Uh, <laughs> It'll just be quiet for five seconds. Overdub. Uh, that was what you were thinking, yes. I think, I, think that's a, I think that's a good one. I think you should preserve it. And I think yeah. that's something... Uh, yeah, we need to figure out how to get cartoons mm-hmm. in front of eyeballs. I know I've enjoyed the ones that you've posted on Facebook. I relate because I love junk, not necessarily junk, but like things like that. Mm-hmm. I love flea markets. I like, you know, Goodwill. I like old stuff, rusty things, you know, the tangible. I like that. But I mean, there's certain things with this I can relate to as far as the cars, you know, mm-hmm. and that time period, not necessarily that I've lived it, but, you know, family members and the nostalgia of seeing pictures and different things in that area era. You know, I'm a, like fifty-five to sixty-five type person. I like those time, you know, time periods. Um, but it's it is relatable even now. Mm-hmm. The strips that you've posted, you know, that's something. A cartoonist. You don't have a newspaper, but you could Instagram or Snapchat or Tumblr. I think, oh, like sure. you know, using a modern platform. And kind of, I wonder if that exists, and I just haven't been looking for it. Yeah, we'll have to look interesting. for it. Look on the Googles. Yeah, look on the Googles. So, <laughs> yeah, it's the, a way the, of preserving the, the tweeters. <laughs> <laughs> Are you twitting? <laughs> oh no, Conway twitting. <laughs> Conway, ooh, yeah. Hmm. Was that the one? I'm not gonna reference any of his songs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's re- that's really that's all I've got. Doug, I can't thank you enough. It's well, been an absolute it's pleasure, been sir. A pleasure. I have really never, never spoken at length with a cartoonist. I don't think, and not a published one. Well, it's it's been entertaining because uh, a lot of the stuff that, that I've verbalized, I really have not verbalized before. I, it just, you know, happened. But you know, you I don't was, have to keep rubbing it in. How naturally creative <laughs> and talented you are! <laughs> Literally, everything you say is, "I'm just the most gifted human being to walk you know the face of the earth." When he met Judy, he walked up and he goes, "Marry me." <laughs> Wasn't You're even mine. a question. Come along. Like, yeah, it's like almost like the caveman, but you know, in a gentler <laughs> way. 
Uh, all right, most talented man on earth. Um, yes, it's uh, the Dosecki's guys right under yeah. Doug Cotton. Oh, yeah. gotcha. talented, and then kind of vaguely interesting yeah. with Doseckis, exactly. right? Like, I think that Everest thing's the only that thing that's had the talent. difference. Yeah, he climbed Everest, and Doug painted the picture. It's almost like a and Chuck got Norris it joke. The next day, <laughs> no, it was, as, as it was pre-published born. before it even was even painted. It was published. It's like. Oh, no, it really has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I I really enjoyed it. Thank you for for doing it. When we came up with this, this is uh, like you were one of the first people I thought of as far as my submissions. I was like, man, this is – because we were talking about this, and the whole thing was like conversations with creators. Mm -hmm. Is that what you Mm – how you put it? And uh, it's definitely unique. We've talked to – so far, everyone's been unique in everything that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But this is something that, you know, to me stands out. I think it's special, and I think it is something that it's, uh, I think a lot of the other things we've seen is emerging Mm -hmm. uh, fields of interest, maybe. You see see growth in those right now, and this is one I think that... On the decline. Well, yeah, you know, a little bit. I think, like, in, it's one of those things that's having its down moment, and I I think the joy is seeing blacksmithing coming back, seeing... Fly fishing, apparently. Oh yeah, it, there's clubs at elementary schools. I didn't. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's not, not just uh, an older, wealthy. So I think. Man's these, yeah, thing, I think these things know. kind of do cycle, and I think it's interesting. Some of the conversation touching on how this one could cycle back mm-hmm. up. I think it's going to be in a different avenue, mm-hmm. but I think that the platform ultimately is there for people to be able to produce to a really large audience. Payment might be different, but uh, people are finding ways to get paid for generating content mm-hmm. and i think this yeah. is definitely something where what we've kind of touched on is this could be an untapped market for some people mm, could be yeah. could be or even on a uh like a oh what do they call it you get someone in to advise you like from an advisory uh consultant consulting right a consultant you know of sorts even on you know i have no idea where you're going with that yeah, yeah. Well, if I mean, I ever hire as, a consultant as far as like, and they art, just come in and draw a cartoon, unless yeah. it's Doug who like somehow has the answer to business on right. a piece of but paper. I mean, it's, it's in different things, form. like different different forms of like graphic design. You know, there's the old school way where you had the peel away, you know, the sheets where you literally cut and pasted. Oh, you know, and then you've got the things like our sound guy Tyler does. You know, it's in a digital. You know, but there's a there's a place between where there is a sort of a marriage of the two. You know, and perhaps well, you never know. You know, yeah, the digital and analog part. All right, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Doug. I don't have a good way. I don't have a good way of ending this relationship. It's a, It's not you. It's me. Everything Doug did was right in this relationship. <laughs> Doug did. did I, I, I I messed up. It was me. I'm the one that needs to work on myself. <laughs> Are you Ike Turner? <laughs> no, we don't have that kind of relationship. Never I'm again. Mostly like a fawning fan. That's... <laughs> well, that was fun. That was really fun. Yeah. I had a good time. It's a, it's a lot more there than I've known about Doug. So it's. That's no, good sure. stuff. Oh, yeah. And we'll have to figure out a way to get the uncut interview mm-hmm. out to people at some point. Oh, yeah. There's so much more. Yeah. Um, we could give people. Yeah. But that being said, uh, I don't know if Doug actually has current 
social media that you could follow, really? Um, Facebook. Doug That's Cotton. It. Doug Cotton. Look for a guy that looks like a cartoonist. There yeah. might be more than one. True. Cotton True. Well, yeah. The only one I know. So that's. The but you can follow thing. us, and yes. if you follow us, you'll see some pictures and photographs that uh, we were able to take at the time. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely see some stuff there, and match the photo of Doug Cotton that we have on our social media to the Doug Cotton you're stalking on Facebook. Yes. Yes. The voice does go with the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would find us where? At Instagram, at LWID Project, and then on Facebook at Look What I Did. Mm-hmm. And Snapchat, LWID Project, for all the coolest, hippest things. Yeah, best filters. (laughs) So (laughs) thanks for sticking around for another episode of Look What I Did, and we'll see you guys again in a couple weeks. Yep, see you soon. Bye-bye.